And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. Dave Yersman and Mickey Brown with you here as always. And um, I suppose it's only about one way to start, Davey, and it's uh, with a song. Thank you for the days. <laughs> Absolutely incredible weekend. Um, the, the great days are back. Who's going to beat Mead? Who are going to take Mead on for the All-Ireland Championship this year? Hand them the league at this stage. A massive win down in Cork, away from home, Davey. And... Uh, Look, what a start to Colin O'Rourke's reign. Yeah, I suppose let's let's not get carried away. Actually, what? do you know what? Let's get carried away. Um, <laughs> we we don't get too many wins on the road. We don't get too many notable wins on the road. We talked about this last week. When was the last time we had something that you could say a statement win? We were rank underdogs, 3-1 to one outsiders going down there today and uh, made a mockery of those odds and put in a, a serious second-half performance to turn Cork over and continue our terrific recent record against them um, and come home with two points to our name. A fantastic Sunday, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Super Sunday, as they like to call it. Well, look, we're not going to delve straight into that. Yeah, we wanted to start off and give you a little bit of excitement about uh, uh, Colin O'Rourke's lead team, but there's plenty going on across the weekend and we go to some, uh, uh, some results from over the weekend. We've got loads of, uh, I suppose, fixtures coming up as well over the next week between... Club and county, as the club competitions are coming back on. The GA predictions from dot uh, com from Corton. We've got an update on the league table. Um, week one is done, and we're going to give uh, an update on on how that's going. And then, of course, we'll have our usual Instagram and lottos. But we're going to start with the Kyo Cup. It was the final group game of the Kyo Cup for me. Kildare getting the victory and winning the Kyo Cup and sets them up nicely for the start of their league. Um, I suppose Shorsha Wolfen. You know, we spoke about this on last week's podcast. That there was, you know, that outside chance that if Mead got a big victory, they could have won the Kill Cup and it would set them up nicely going into the league campaign, which starts off in earnest next weekend. But uh, they, they lost on a scoreline of 224 to uh, 18 points. That game played in Rathman Line on Saturday, Davy. Um, I suppose, again, tinkering around with the team. We thought that we might see a more settled team for this game um, and maybe the team that will start the, the National Hurling League next weekend. But again, Shorsha wanted to get as much game time into as many players as possible. Yeah, I suppose who's to say that it might not start. Uh, yeah. He might not start that team next weekend. We we don't know. I suppose a few positives. Again, putting up a, a decent score. Uh, great to see Jack Regan back, his first taste of uh, action in 2023. So positive to see him back on the pitch. 
Um, a big array of scorers across the board, more impressive performers from the likes of Eamon O'Donoghue, uh, Kyle Donnelly continuing on his uh, his impressive streak. But I suppose the big negative is, again, the, the concession of a, of a big score. Um, it's the second week in a row we've shipped a heavy a heavy defeat. It was obviously Carlo last week. It was Kildare this week. Yes, the standard and quality of the opposition has increased quite considerably. And I think that has probably led to the to the turnaround in fortunes for Mead. Um, overall, I think they'll take plenty from the Kyo Cup, um, despite the fact that they ended it with two heavy enough losses. The reality of it is that they're not going to be playing teams of the quality uh, of Kildare or Carlo every week, you know, in the National Hurling League and indeed in the Christie Ring. So, uh, learning curve, they'll know they have plenty to work on, um, but ultimately their eyes will be firmly fixed on uh, that league opener next Saturday in Park Talton. It was probably more of a hindrance this game than anything else because obviously they were still in the cup. Yes, but they needed a massive win to win the actual cup. And the league starting next weekend, all focus has to be on that. So, you know, they probably could have done without that that match on the weekend. You know, I think that they probably were trying to get the last of the heavy slogging done last in, in last week, and it'll be more rest and recuperation this week in the lead up to that opener, um, which is against Wicklow next Saturday in Park Talton. Yeah, potentially, but again, just I suppose good to get game time into certain fellas that maybe haven't played too much up to now. So you know the likes of Jaxie getting getting minutes under his belt, it'll be it'll be a positive, obviously. Um, but but yeah, obviously Wicklow is going to present a very different test to the one in which Mead would have played probably at the start of the the month. Um, up in Bray, so they'll they'll be well aware of what's coming down. They're a decent side. They've got some dangerous forwards. Me, they'll need to watch that, but it'll be two completely different sides to the one in which they lined out, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's a big game, you know, and it's, I suppose, that's it now. Pre-season is parked. Kyo Cup is done and dusted. It's down to the real business now and the promotion push will start in earnest next Saturday for me in Park Dalton. Yeah, well, we wish Shorsha and the lads the very best of luck. Um, next Saturday, as Davey said, um, it's against Wicklow. It is their league opener and um, it will be the start of what we hope is going to be a promotion push for the hurlers uh, this year from Division 2B. Um, Davey, we move on again. Another game that was played on Saturday. We we initially thought that this game was going to be on Sunday at the same time as the Mead Ladies. Um, but it was fixed for Saturday. It was the Ladies Little National Football League Division 1 meeting of Donegal and Mead. Game... Uh, and it was it was their own prerogative to do it. Donegal brought it all the way up to Letter Kenny um for, for Saturday afternoon, a one one o'clock or one fifteen throw in for that game. And Mead, I suppose, bounced back after defeat to Dublin the previous week and got the victory. One seven to Donegal's five points, a really stern uh I suppose uh defensive display and even had the defenders coming up the field to to get on the score sheet with Mary Kate Lynch scoring uh, a goal similar to uh, that of Kevin Ross for Castletown uh, in the Leinster uh, Leinster Club Championship. The only thing is, the only difference, I suppose, is that when he did it, the game was nearly over at that stage. It was up, and and, and Castletown had won the game. Mary Kate Lynch's uh, opportunist goal was was very important in pushing Mead over the line against Donegal and Letterkenny. 
And the other difference being, I think Kevin Ross meant uh, for it to go into the next very late. <laughs> no, no. I, no, I I have it from the horse's mouth, Mickey. Um, <laughs> I I seen the goal and uh, classic fullback coming up the pitch, but it was a great strike. It was on target. She did admit she was going for a point and it just dropped in. But what a big score it was, absolutely. I mean, in such a tight game, it was three points apiece at the interval. Um, there was nothing between the sides. That was a really significant score in the second half and what was a really tight and cagey affair up in Letterkenny. Uh, it was an understrength Donegal side, but it was an understrength Mead squad as well. And um, we talked about it last week after the Dublin game. This was a pressure game for Mead to go up there and get a result, just get points on the board and... Uh, put the Dublin loss behind them and, and move on now and they've got an absolutely massive game on uh, on Bank Holiday Monday against Galway Galway side who uh, if I'm not mistaken put Dublin to the sword didn't they? Yeah they did indeed so they, that's going to be a huge test for me you'd like to hope that there'd be a few players back for me the likes of Emma Duggan hopefully might might be fit to take her place back in the team and I think they will need a bit more firepower in that respect they'll also need a big a, bi- a big crowd in Navan I mean it's going to be a huge weekend for Mead supporters next weekend we've got the hurling we've got the lads the senior footballers and then we've got the, the ladies on Bank Holiday Monday so it's uh, it's going to be an absolute blockbuster weekend for Mead supporters but essentially this is a homecoming for the ladies it's their first uh, game of the year first game back as uh back-to-back All-Ireland champions and that. So I'd like to think that there'll be a huge crowd in in Park Talton to support them and a win will be absolutely massive because it will get them right back up into the to the hunt for a final, basically, in that sort of picture. It's very tight and congested at the top, uh, but it will start to take a little bit more shape after next weekend. And uh, Galway, obviously, two from two, going extremely well. You know, it'll be a huge test for Davy Nelson's side, but they'll have great confidence after coming off the back of that Donegal win. Uh, I suppose the stewards will definitely earn their tea and sandwiches uh, in Park Tolchin next week when they'll be out Saturday, Sunday and Monday with uh, the three games between the hurlers, the Mead footballers and then as you said the ladies on Monday and taking on Galway. It is, it's a huge game. You said it already, you referenced it, Galway beating the would-be um, favourites for, for the National Football League and Championship in Dublin um, and really put them to the sword as well. A, a victory for me against Galway, you you kind of referenced it as well, is that it will bring them back into the hunt. It'll shoot them back up the, the, the table. They're mid-table at the moment. I know they've got a better score difference than, uh, than Dublin, but Dublin just ahead of them on head-to-head at the moment. But... It just shows you how wide open this little National Football League Division 1 is this year. Absolutely, yeah. And I think Meath and Dublin probably aren't operating off their, their top teams or their top squads just now. But that's, you know, kudos to the other squads and other counties that are, you know, using that as an opportunity to kind of uh, pinch a gap on the others. And I mean, for Galway, like they'll come down to Nav and knowing that if they can overturn Meath, they'll put clear daylight between not just themselves and Meath, but a lot of the chase and pack. Um, so so it's a huge game for both. It really, really is. Um, look at Davies. Davies kind of utilised his squad really in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's 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 going to be a slower process. I, he's been quite open about the fact that um, he's given some players a little bit of an extended break after you know the really long year last year and stuff. So I don't think the league will be absolutely top of his priorities. But in saying that. You know, when when you play at home and have it in front of a big crowd against a, a decent challenger like Galway, you, you want to put up a big performance and fingers crossed the girls can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Davy Nelson and the girls, we want to wish you the very best of luck 
uh, on Bank Holiday Monday next, the 5th, 6th of September. One fifteen throw in there in Park Tolton, and it will be Mead facing off against the table toppers at the moment, Galway, and uh, a huge, huge crowd expected in Park Tolton, and probably camping out in Park Tolton all weekend. Davy, <laughs> uh, moving on to the one we referenced at the top of the podcast, Alliance Football League Division Two, um, a massive, massive opening game for Mead and the the new look Colin O'Rourke Mead team. They come up against Cork. Uh, in Porky Cueve and had the answers in the second half found themselves two points behind at half time it was 11 points to 1-6 in favour of Cork and you know Mead showed all their I suppose um, their, their their strength and grit in that second half to just really go at Cork and I'd say the half time team talk must have been something interesting um, because Column obviously got the meat team going because the second half was just a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a realization and recognition that I suppose the first half wasn't good enough in, in many respects for Mead, and that there were certainly more gears, you know, in them. And they would have taken a lot of encouragement from the fact that they actually cut Cork open a number of times in that first half. And for whatever reason, you know, Michal Martin making a couple of terrific saves and a couple of other chances going to begging. They just didn't go Mead's way, but they would have, I suppose, Colm and the management team would have uh, pushed the lads at halftime to keep running at Cork because they it looked like they had the beating of their men, particularly in the forward line. And that's exactly what they did. The, the mixture of kicking and running off the shoulder, the superior level of fitness, the intensity that they brought to the third and fourth quarters, they were the key differences, Mickey, between the sides in that second half. And in fairness to Mead, when they got the opportunities in the second half, they were absolutely clinical with them. And Cork faded late on, probably were a little bit shell-shocked. You know, they had a two-point lead with 15 minutes to go. They spurned a great goal chance to credit Harry Hogan for a, a decent double stop. And Mead just kicked on after that and uh, seen it out really, really well. It was a great, great victory. Yeah, we'll be doing a full review of Mead against Cork over on our Loyal Royals podcast. We have interviews with Matt Coslow and Colm O'Rourke. And so so don't miss that one. We'll also be doing uh, a preview of the club club pop competitions, uh, which will be thrown in next Friday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and Sunday as well in Mead. So um, do look out for that podcast. We're going to give our predictions on all the games. It's going to be blind predictions at this stage because uh, we haven't seen anything from any of the clubs yet, but uh, we will be doing a full preview of all those games. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Um, but bringing it back to uh, Mead against uh, uh, Cork, you know, Davy. It's 
it, it, this was a pressure game. There's no doubt about it. In the context of what we're going to see from me, if me can, you know, beat Claire next weekend, Claire coming to Park Tolchin on Sunday, um, it, it just it creates a completely different outlook on how this this league campaign will go. It will take the pressure off the players. And you never know, they might even play with a bit more gusto and a bit more freedom um, if they get the second victory under the belt next weekend. Yeah, there, there was loads of freedom, though, in the performance against Cork, too. I'd, I'd have to say they didn't look like a team that were too bogged down with what, what might happen or anything like that, which was really good to see, by the way. But I do get your point. And it just, like, genuinely, I don't think there was too many. There was a big mean support down there in Cork, Mickey, but I don't think too many of them like hand on heart would have went down and been absolutely convinced and confident of a mead victory. There was an element of unknown going down there in that we didn't really know what to expect from mead. We had a fair idea what Cork would throw at us, but could we respond? And we absolutely did. But as you said, it just, I suppose it just gives them that bit of confidence now, the motivation, there'll be a huge crowd in Navin next Sunday. Claire obviously coming off the back of a terrific victory themselves, you know, four points in injury time to beat Loud. They're they're in a similar position to me in many respects. So it's a, it's a big game. We have a bit of a score to settle with them as well from last year, obviously in the championship meeting. It'll be a completely different game though. I think me, they're going to have to be patient. Claire do play quite a compact sort of cagey game and I think that they'll try and frustrate me then um, me, they'll just have to be ready for that. It won't be, I, I think it won't be like it was against Cork in terms of the open nature of it. I think Claire will be a lot more conservative, but that's up to me to find a way and pick pick holes through. And uh, listen, if they bring the same sort of intensity as what they brought on Sunday, I've no doubt that they can uh, go on and make it two from two. It's funny, Davey, when we were previewing the Cork game, you know, something that I referenced is that I think that Division two is is going to be very, very odd this year because obviously teams coming up from division three, teams coming down from division one, and teams that just want to stay in division two because they're afraid of going down and whatever. And we'll be playing against loads of different styles. You mentioned we played against Cork, this open game of football. We also referenced last week on the preview that it'd be a high scoring game. It was that. Clare is going to be a different animal, and you might even see a lot of personnel changing for the Clare game because it's going to have to be horses for courses. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, there's... there's. I don't think too many lads could probably uh, drop out, certainly from the starting 15, but I, I do get your point and I think there's plenty of scope for, for change there, to be fair, like because you look at the contribution from the bench and even a couple of individuals that didn't make the 26, like, that probably felt they were going well in the O'Byrne Cup and that that kind of illustrates the the strength of the the panel when you see the likes of you know Donald Lenehan, Shane McEntee, fellas like that, uh, Robin Clark, Breen Conlon, Thomas O'Reilly not not even getting on the pitch on Sunday like those are household names and have been regular starters for me over the last four or five years so um I I, th- I think the Mead panel is in a particularly good place and. Uh, listen, we might even have Jack Flynn back involved in some sort of capacity by next week as well, which would be great. And it just give us another viable option, I suppose, in the midfield sector. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we'll delve into that an awful lot more over on our live Wilds when we're reviewing the game and kind of give it a preview of the game against Clare next week. But a hell of a start for Colin Moore. Keeps his unbeaten uh, uh, run going with this week. Team obviously unbeaten throughout the Auburn Cup and uh, gets the victory in Cork in the opening round of the Allianz League. And incidentally, just to speak of the table, 
Meadar Meadar in second place behind Derry. Uh, Derry who got their victory over Limerick and Mead obviously getting the victory over Cork and Dublin uh, getting the victory over Kildare and then Clare obviously uh, getting their victory as well. So over loud. So I suppose, Davey, when we're looking at that, um, it's uh, it's just great to see Mead in second place in, the, in, in Division 2. I know, obviously, it's it's only the first game, but, you know, last year we were hovering down there in those bottom two, three teams for, for quite some time into the league before we started to rise. Yeah, and it, it actually reflects my mood change over the last 12 months as well, Mickey. I remember coming home from Galway uh, absolutely furious with what I'd watched below compared to obviously coming back from Cork in jubilant fashion. But yeah, look, it's it's extremely early days, but I think what it does is it, it takes the pressure off in the sense that we can look forward to get, to winnable games maybe after, after the weekend and... Look, we're not. I'm not going to say we're in we're in a promotion picture or anything of the sorts like that. I think like we we were chatting on the way home from our respective games earlier on, and that for me the goal simply has to be to get into the All Ireland Championship this year, and that that could mean having to finish in the top four of Division Two. And I think anything else after that is a complete bonus at this stage. Yeah. Um. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Clare's an extremely winnable game. Then you've got a potentially massive game up in Owen Beg live in RT the following week or two weeks after, um, which which could be huge, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, early days, but a, but a fantastic start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, just a quick question before we move on, Davy, was there any wind in uh, in Porky Cueve? Uh, just last year, I I just had a pain in my behind uh, with Mead coming up against winds in the first half. Was it like that today? Yeah, initially there was no real wind. A bit of a breeze did pick up throughout the first half and it actually favoured Mead in the first half. It was blowing from left to right, um, but it wasn't too significant. It was it was a moderate breeze, nothing nothing really to write home about. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that, let's just say. Well, best of luck to Column and the Mead team when they face off against Clare in Park Tolchin next Sunday. And uh, again, best of luck to the hurlers on Saturday when they take on Wicklow in Park Tolchin. And then the ladies, obviously, as we said already, when they take on Galway in Park Tolchin on Monday afternoon. It's going to be a, a, a an absolute festival of sport uh, between hurling and football in Park Tolchin next weekend. And, and of course, Davy, that brings us nicely into the fact that the club competitions are going to start off um, uh, next weekend too. I think the first one throws in on Thursday evening, if I'm not mistaken. So great to see the clubs back out and up and running. Yeah, absolutely. Full full round of fixtures. It's the start of a three-week programme now uh, of these cup competitions. And then we'll go into semi-finals and finals. So weather permitting, obviously, we have to say at this time of the year. So far, it's, it, it's been good for us. But fingers crossed it can continue uh, right through February. These competitions are going to be played off in a timely fashion. And do you know what? My only regret about these cup competitions is that these draws weren't the championship draws because some of the games it has thrown up, Mickey Brennan, are absolutely outrageous from top to bottom. Yeah, well, we will be doing our preview of all of the different cups. We've got the Fesh Cup, we have the Cornabonia, we have the Talton Cup and we have the Talton Shield as well, a new addition this year, having four divisions 
um, uh, of championship. We've got four cup competitions as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be running through all of them and we'll go and give our predictions on all those too. So um, do head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast. It's uh, Patreon forward slash We Are Meat. And you get all of the extra podcasts that we do each week on that um, uh, on that what would you call it platform? That's service, the one I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, on that service. Uh, the first game, incidentally, to, to be played in the cup competitions next week will be Longwood against Beliver, and that is in the Seamus Connolly Catering Cornabonia Group A. That throws in on Thursday evening at eight o'clock in Longwood. So uh, Longwood and Beliver. Getting the 2023 nice, season nice off to the well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that'll be a lovely one. Uh, so it would to get down to. Um, so that's the club competitions looked at. Um, and again, as we said, we'll be doing a full preview of them and our predictions over on our Loyal Worlds podcast. But I suppose it's time to move on now, Davey, um, to probably the biggest league and the best league of the lot of them. And of course, it is the GAPredictions.com. We are meet league table and uh, you have the standings after week one and the results are in and this of course is the Courtown's fundraiser that they do each year which is great bit of fun there's 200 euro one offer every week so if you miss the first week it doesn't matter you join the second week and each week the winner of that week uh, will can win a share of 200 euro and um, there is the We Are Mead League in it. There's a drop down if you want to join the We Are Mead League. And um, it, it it's great crack because it's all about predicting the results of the Allianz Football Leagues from Division 1 right down to Division 4. I'm going to keep going as long as possible. I don't want to hear the results this week, Davey. You could go make a cup of tea, Mickey. It'll take me two minutes to get down to your name on this uh, league table. Um, oh. and, and that's that's... Not just due to the fact you didn't have a great week, but also the fact that we had a serious amount of players in the We Are Mead League. So our sincere thanks to uh, everybody for for joining it. I know it was a drop down and there was probably a few people who didn't even listen to us, but decided to join it anyway. So uh, hats off to those. There will be a prize for the We Are Mead uh, League winner as well, of of which I just don't know what it is yet, but I 100% will commit to giving something uh, to to the winner of that after the seven weeks. The top spot on the We Are Mead League after round one, coincidentally, is the actual winner of the round one outright. And that's the Mead Sports Editor, Mr. Fergal Lynch, um, proving that he actually does know something about GA after all, Mickey. Um, he accumulated a massive 42 points in round one to take the 100 euro top prize, but more importantly, uh, take top spot in the We Are Mead League. So credit to Ferg. He's top of the tree and he's there to be shot at. But under him, there's an absolute cluster of people lined up to have a crack at him, starting in second place with Dunica Lynch, 38 points. He was actually second overall as well. So the top two coming from the We Are Mead League, which is very oh. interesting. Uh, joint third, Garrett Lynch and Tommy Owens on 34 points apiece. Joint fourth with 33 points apiece is Brian Flynn and myself, Mickey Brennan, uh, Davey Rispin, 33 points each. Under me is joint uh, with 32 points apiece is Robert Perfield. And last year's We Are Mead League winner, Nicky Gogan, who has started well, but he has 10 points already to make up on the uh, the leader at the moment. Then it's uh, Thomas McLeod, 31. Shane McNiff and Jelly share 29. So a good start for Jelly there. He'll be content with that. Davy Byrne has 28. There's a number of players on 27, including Terry Bruton, Kevin Coyne, Kevin Galligan and Jack Sarkavna. 
Then there's a cluster on 26. Thomas Burke, Barry Crowley, Jamie Gallagher, Zach Griffin, Barry Hand, Shane Mangan, Shane Riley and Alan Tormey. Mags Joyce has got off to a decent start, 25 points. Um, she's sandwiched right in the middle of the table. Then it's Pora Carlin and Stephen Connolly, Owen Finnegan, James Lynch, Aideen Smith, Gerard Smith. They're all on 24. 23 points is... Susan Farrell, Shane Mulvaney, Porrick Durkin. 22 points, it's Gary Alder, Sean Hughes, Gary McGovern, Alan McCormick, Colin O'Brien, Richie Quigley and Tanya Roberts. And then there's one player on 21 points, Mickey. That's you. Oh, sorry, I was just making me tea. I'm just back. Um, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, it's probably okay, cold so, at this stage, isn't it? So I heard the first place and then I'm after hearing that one. So I must be in second, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty second, maybe. No, there's probably even more. Anyway, you're on twenty one points, Mickey. It's a it's a better start than you actually had last year. So, I suppose the the standard seems to have increased this year, though. That's the that's the big thing that I'm pulling from this already. Anyway, under you, it's Con Cleary, Nicholas Finley, and Niall Tallon, along with Leo Weldon. They're all on twenty. Nineteen points is shared by Davy Nolan, Kira Lawler, and Damien Farley. Eighteen points, you have Jamie Coslow. Seventeen points, it's Brian Hallinan. And Colin, sorry, Colin Finley, along with Declan Masterson. Barry Farley is 16. Henry Clifford is 15, along with Thomas Smith. And Keith Sheeran props up the table, Mickey, with just 13 points. Uh, Keith Sheeran must have tried to be too clever with the results this week. Um, uh, he's a strong man, though, so he'd be well able to hold us all up. Um, <laughs> I suppose I have half the points of Fergal Lynch. Um, but I have to say, Davey, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, yeah, that's that's the way I'm looking at it, and and I'm only going to go get better. I, I've done a hard lot of slogging in the in in the preseason, and maybe I was a little bit tired this week coming into the games. Um, I'll I'll be in much better fettle next week, guaranteed. Yeah, we we shall see. Um, the one good thing you can pull from it is you're ahead of Paddy Stapleton. Well. We think we are. I think I. We think I am. Did he? Did Did he join the league? That's the question. No, he didn't join the league. Okay, no, so, not impressed now. Yeah, unless he's gone in under a different under a pseudonym because it'd be like he's, him. He's just like him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, he, he 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 would. Um, Davy, I love the way you're gloating. Um, you're just swaying around there on the chair at the moment, <laughs> thinking you're thinking you're the big balls. Look at you. <laughs> you know. Um, Ferg Lynch, 42 points, um, a hell of a start, um, and four points clear of second place as well. Mm. Um, which is will he go into protection mode? Do you think? Well, you know, it's it's can he deal with the pressure now of being the top dog? That's going to be the question, um, and it'll be interesting to follow and see. Um, what results did he get wrong? Can you see his results? I, see I give me, give me one second. I can pull them up. Uh, you caught me on the hop there, Mickey. But uh, let me just get his. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was very disappointed with myself because I normally, when Wicklow and Carlo play, I I normally pick out a draw on that one. And uh, so uh, his division one was outstanding, right? He had three of the four results, right? He had Armagh to beat Monaghan, he had the draw on Mayo and Galway, he had Donegal to beat Kerry five pointer there. Uh, the only one he did miss out on was Throne to beat Roscommon in division two. He had uh, a full house Derry, Dublin, Mead, and Clare, 
So top marks in Division 2. Division 3, he did go for Longford. That wasn't one that came off. He had Offley, he had Calvin, and he had Down. So that was another three or four. And in Division 4, he had Carlo to beat Wicklow. I think that was a draw. Uh, he had Wexford to beat London. I think that was a draw. Um, he had Leitrim to beat Waterford. That did happen. And he had Leash to beat Sligo, which was, a, I wouldn't say an upset, but Leash weren't going well. And yeah. uh, got a big win over Sligo. So, yeah, there was his maximum total he could have got was 54, and he ended up with 42. And that's with a couple of, uh, you know, that's with a couple of draws in there as well. So that's pretty good going. Yeah, I mean, you consider that he got the Wicklow Carlo game wrong, and that was worth what eight points, you know, for a draw. Like, that's 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 really, really good going. So it is well, yeah, he's he set the pace now. So we all know who we've got to catch. And as we said already, and Davey will reiterate this if, if you miss week one, it doesn't matter. There's Big money up for grabs every week. It's a share of two hundred euro every week, isn't it, Davy? Um, yeah. For for um the the GA prediction, so you don't actually have to be in uh, for the whole year. You can do it week by week as well if you want. But for the league, we do like to start at the beginning, join the league, and uh, see how the scores go over the whole, whole course of the whole league. And as Davy said, there will be a prize, um, which is brilliant. Uh, once again, Courtown putting up a prize for the winner of the We Are Mead League. So we'll see how that one goes. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer, on 046. 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Ottomore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Incidentally, I think there was a We Are Cavan League set up in that as well, Davey, was there? There was, Mickey, and there was, um, there was a, a few decent, um, decent numbers in that as well. So that if we have anybody listening from the We Are Cavan podcast, they will get their update at the leagues, as will everybody in the We Are Mead League. They'll get an email probably on Monday, maybe Tuesday at the latest of the standing, so they'll get a full look at it and they'll get a result of their own. And they'll also get a unique code to enter, enter for round two. Don't let the early, uh, the quick turnaround fool you as well. A lot of people miss out on round two uh, and that'll obviously be detrimental across seven weeks. So um, I think it's Saturday four or five o'clock next Saturday is the closing day for round two. So be quick with that. Yeah, you, you don't happen to have Damien Donahue's score, do you, uh, from the We Are Cavern podcast? I don't have it. I'll, I'll tell you off air, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, um, that is the GAPredictions.com. Get on it and uh, get joining the league. So that's that one. Um, moving on, uh, Davey, it's now time to go through the lottos and uh, see if the PROs have been in contact with you. I've had my usual ones in contact with me. Yeah, first up is my own Corton GFC from last Friday night. 12,700 euro of a jackpot, not one. 10, 13, 28 and 29, the numbers that were, as I say, no winners. 520 euro winners were Cathy Moyles, Nano McManus, Emer Burke, Pat Smith and Geraldine O'Connell. 
Uh, we have €12,800 on offer next Friday night at cortonga.com forward slash lotto. Dunsany is next in from the 28th, which was Saturday, and their numbers were 1, 10, 18, and 21. No winners of that one either. Jackpot of 10,000. Uh, choose four numbers from just 28. Next round takes place Saturday, the 4th of February. You can play online at Dunsany Lotto or via the Club Force app. You can also play in Kilmessen Centra or the post office, or Dunsany's clubhouse. Ballon Lock next in, and uh, their results from... Bah, 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 I'm trying to see for a date. The 7th of... Hmm, I can't, can't make out the right, actually. Apologies. Uh, anyway, last week, €4,000 for jackpot. The letters were C, H, O, and R. No jackpot winners. The match three winners and sharing €100 Euro between them were Kieran O'Higgins... Joanne O'Dwyer and uh, I'm going to say Amoy Highland. Um, Susan Farrell did apologise for the writing on this. Um, so it's Andy Highland, Kieran O'Higgins and Joanne Dwyer. The next draw is on the seventh. She said uh, the regular writer was away. So that's <laughs> why it's extremely hard to read that, whoever wrote that. Drabara, 5,900 euro from last week. Numbers were 5, 13, 22 and 26. 30 winner 30-year winners were Caroline Dardis, Karen McManus, Morris Nulty, Barney Gaffney, and Kieran Keating. Blackhall Gales from last week, the 23rd of January. 10,000 euro of a jackpot. There was no winners of that one either. The 30-year winner, lucky dip winners were Audrey Mead, Catherine Dalkow, David Weldon, Ger Casty, and the seller's prize went to Aidan Ferris. Screen are next up and uh, their results from the 22nd of January. And would you believe it? I think for the second week in a row, Mickey, their jackpot was won. Uh, Jim Gibney Ouch. scoops the Screen GFC Lotto jackpot of €1,600 just two weeks after the previous winner was won. Two jackpots won in January. If you want to win the next jackpot of 1500 and based on current trends, this is very possible. Buy your ticket at Club Force. The numbers uh, Jim managed to match was 1, 6, 14 and 17. So Screen, it's been an expensive January for them. Dunshocklin, Monday the 23rd, numbers were 2, 12, 25 and 28. No jackpot winner. Three match, three winners collecting 70 euro each. Niall Kelly, Michael Fennell and Elaine Doyle. The next draw takes place on Monday half eight live on Facebook with 4,200 euro in the kitty. 200 euro added to that each week on Club Force. Navinomatnis from the 24th of January. No jackpot winner. The numbers were 4, 27, 28 and 30. Steph Gilson matched three and uh, collects that prize. And the next draw takes place on the 31st of January. 7,700 euro on offer there. Castletown from the 24th of January. 2,000 euro of a jackpot wasn't won. 8, 18, 21 and 26. Lucky dip winners collecting 30 euro were Jennifer Oakes, Jennifer Dunnigan, Colin and Carmel, Helen Fleming and Millie Weldon. And I think the potentially the last one I have is from Manalvi GFC from last Monday night, 23rd, 5, 10, 18 and 26. No jackpot winners. 20 euro winners were Bethan Riley, Pat O'Callaghan and Gerard Daly. Next draw takes place Monday the 30th, it's tomorrow night, 1300 euro at Manalvi GFC or you can play it on the Club Force app, Mickey. Brilliant. Uh, Davy Sanchison's lotto uh, takes place every Monday evening. Their jackpot this week is €2,000. 
You can do that by going on to the smartlotto.ie or go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there. Simonstown's lotto last week was not won. The jackpot was €2,200. Match three winners were Dusty and Maeve Ward. So there was only one match three winner. And the numbers drawn were 2, 17, 22 and 28. Next week's lotto takes place every Friday evening. So Friday the 3rd. Uh, the lotto will be 2,250. Play it online or again, go to any of your social media pages and find the link and follow uh, the link to do that lotto. Followed up by another message from Jelly. Are you in the Court MGA League predictions uh, uh, group? Um, whatever. I said, I am with the hands over the face um, uh, emoji. And he says, how were your points over the weekend? I entered it as well, but I'm refusing to slag anyone until it is over. So, you know, a lot of people want to take that note of, of or take note of what Jelly is saying, because as I said, when you're going on about the GA predictions, that it is a marathon. And so I'm not slagging anyone after the first week, Davey. No, absolutely, Mickey. It, it's, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Isn't that what you say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, thanks very much to Jelly and... Uh, I know Jelly was well happy with the result down in Cork. So, Davey, I suppose it's time to probably move on now and do our Instagram interactive. And I'm sure there's loads of talking points from our listeners. You were in Cork over the weekend. You met loads of lads from all across the county um, on Saturday night. And there was a real good feel factor down there. It's great for these away days as well, when you can get to go down to somewhere like Cork and enjoy a few points the night before the game. The team were down there on Saturday night as well. They weren't out, obviously. But um, from from all accounts, just was a, a, a great weekend and a great starting weekend for Colin O'Rourke and the Alliance Football League. Absolutely. And where would you see it that you could uh, stay in the Clayton Hotel, get up on the Sunday morning, go down to the jacuzzi at about 10 o'clock, sit in the jacuzzi and have a chat about football with Joe McQueenie and uh, Ulton Blake and myself, the three of us in the jacuzzi on Sunday morning, <laughs> all with heads on us talking football. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and incidentally, actually, just on that, the under-20s, Mickey, who are actually starting their development league next weekend against Tyrone, were down in Cork as a team for a bonding weekend, right? They played Cork in a challenge on Saturday evening. Uh, they went bowling then after that. They were out training Sunday morning early and then they all went to the meet game after that. So that was a really, really nice thing to do. Uh, John McCarthy's under-20 squad. And incidentally, they had a five-point victory over Cork in that challenge match. Uh, some really impressive performers. The likes of Liam Stafford played extremely well. Owen Frayne, Huey Corcoran, uh, Jack Kinlock was impressive. Billy Hogan, there was a whole host of players that all stood out for me. And uh, that's positive signs for the under-20 competition, which is going to be starting next weekend, as I say. So uh, just worth keeping them in mind. But anyway, got sidetracked. Back to Instagram Interactive. And the first one comes in from Simon Finn. And he said the best Shane Walsh in the country. Yeah. Um, is there another Shane Walsh? I don't think there is. Um, yeah. Um, look, hell of a performance. Great to have him back in the setup. He was away with college uh, for the last number of mo months and, and whatever. And Colm gave him an extended break, um, which was brilliant. But he came back in and did the business. Absolutely, he did. And uh, Ivan W85 said Shane Walsh for Footballer of the Year. Yeah, um, continues in that vein of form. There's no doubt about it. He probably would be. Um, what was it, 1-6 or 1-7 he finished up with? 
Uh, it was one seven, if I'm not mistaken, Mickey. Yeah, it was it was an it was an unbelievable performance. I think it was the best I've seen him in a me jersey. I think the closest was probably his uh, his debut year when he played Kerry in the Super Eights in Navan and gave them a real torrid time. But I thought he was on a different level altogether on Sunday afternoon. To be fair, so hopefully we see plenty more of that from Walshy. Uh, next one comes in from Aaron Monaghan, and yeah, he said Shane Walsh man of the match performance. Shoe in. Yeah, well, you had Sherlock down the other end of the field to kick four. Yeah, well, yeah, he so, was absolutely, he put on an exhibition of point kick and it was remarkable to be fair. Yeah, um, and, and there was a couple, it, it's funny, I, I just was watching back over highlights and stuff and um, there was a couple of times where there was players attacking at the mid defence and they were probably in better positions to score. But they shipped the ball further out towards the wing to Sherlock, mm. who just popped them over for, at his ease. Like when they, when when it looked like it was an easier opportunity for the for the man in possession, you know that kind of way. So yeah. they know who their shooter is. Always give it to the corner forward on the loop. I think that's the moral of the story. To be fair, <laughs> but, yeah. um, Keith Meats, who will be reeling from his weekend predictions, uh, said. Massive positives. Fitness was very impressive. Yeah, that was something that I pulled from it as well. That was the big thing for me. Obviously, the work that Eugene Evers is doing is and his team is is paying off already because you can see the marked difference in me in that sense. Yeah, we've spoken about their fitness levels that they looked pretty good um in the preseason O'Byrne Cup tournament. Um and <laughs> it's obviously I suppose there's two things to that, Davy. Like when 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 uh, when things are going well, you look fitter as well at the same time. You know that kind of way, and you've got a pep in your step. And whereas if you're against the cosh or you're up against it, and everything seems to be going against you, you tend to look unfit as well. So I don't know could they be any more fit than the than the team was last year. No, but but then like it was within games like. Things haven't been going well. Like, you, like you'd even think back to the Auburn Cup, we were down three or four points in games and somehow managed to dig it out late in the day. The court game there is the prime example. I think with 18 minutes to go, we were two points down and five minutes later, we were four or five points up, you know? So, like, it's it hasn't all been playing sailing or anything for yeah, me. Yeah, but but yeah. I, I do take your point. Um, But but there, I, I definitely think there is... There is a difference there. Um, but time will tell. It's yeah, probably still yeah, very yeah. early days. Yeah. Uh, Shane Mulvaney said, best away win in a good while. Yeah, look, it's it's definitely a few years since we got a, a massive away win like that. And and in the opening round of the Allianz Football League, it's 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 um it's just a really, really, you know, impressive victory away from home. And as we said already, you know. We, we kind of looked at Cork as being one of the, you know, potential banana skins or something. Well, not banana skin yeah. because we went down there as underdogs. But being, if, if we lost to Cork, it would have added pressure to the game against Clare next week. And if you lose to Clare, you're in serious bother then. But this has just given the lads a bit of a cushion, which might free them up even more than they looked. They looked free, all right on the field against uh, Cork and Porky Queen. But it's it's just class. It's just a, a a huge, huge away win in the opening round of the Alliance League. Jamie Flaherty said, great start. Hopefully boost confidence going forward. Still room for improvement, though. Yeah, loads of room for improvement. You know, they weren't at the pace, really, in the first half. And I suppose the goal from Shane Walsh that he orchestrated himself out of nothing 
kept them in the game. You know, it was well after fifteen minutes, it was five scores to one. But mm-hmm. it's you know, crucially, that was that Shane Walsh goal. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Killian Gaynor said, "Bring on the dubs." Yeah, well, let's let's just um, let's just share up a few more things before we bring on the dubs. But yeah, yeah, no. What what, what game do we have the dubs? Is it the fourth or the fifth game? It's Paddy's weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the fourth game. It's the fourth game. So yeah. hopefully by then we'll have we've got into a bit of a rhythm and uh, yeah, bring them to Navin and kick ten lumps of shite out of them. <laughs> Lucky to be working, said athletes need to keep doing it in every game. Yeah, he's hundred percent right. You know, um, you know, they're out of the attic now. Let's let's stay out of the attic. I'm just trying to get the attic off my hand from last night. Uh the stamp. <laughs> Davy has literally shown me here on the Zoom that he's got a stamp on his hand that says attic. He is yeah. out of the attic, and let's hope he can stay out of the attic as well for a little while longer. The next time he's back in Cork, he'll probably be back in the attic. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Tom O'Connor said, "Go on the Jacko, great impact." I think that's in reference to Jack O'Connor's cameo in the second. Half. Yeah, Jack O'Connor came on and and, and really um, influenced the game, and and that's what you want from your subs bench. You know, mm. you don't want your subs to be bit part players or squad players that are coming in and filling gaps, and um, because a lad needs to be taken off, you want your subs bench to give an impact when they come on and and stake a claim for a starting position, like. Joe McQueen, he said, brilliant win, forwards playing with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I was I was looking through the team, Davey, and I was looking at the six forwards. And all six forwards are forwards. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're all club forwards, and none of them would be known as traditional backs or anything like that. And if you look at... Other teams uh, across all of the, the we'll say four divisions of leagues, um, and the teams that started between Saturday and Sunday, most of those teams will have we'll say uh, a half back that has been converted into a half forward, and um, at, at least one, if not two, playing at wing forward who drop back to help the half backs out. You know, mm. it's great to see six forwards playing the position. So what I'm saying to you there is that. You know, you usually want your half forward line uh, to have those couple of half backs who drop back and play as half backs, but attacking half backs. What Colin is trying to do is, is is say, well, actually, no, we play the six forwards, but you have to be able, you as a forward, must be able to defend and help the team out when they have the ball. I think that that was uh, referenced by the fact that Killino Sullivan and Campo, like literally. 
were up and down that flank time and time again. They had some crucial interceptions and just made a nuisance of themselves in the defensive half as well as obviously the offensive one. Um, and you need, I suppose, again, you need fitness to to kind of do that. Um, and you need to be extremely disciplined, you know, and, and balanced. Um, I think they're getting there. I think they're they're close to finding that. Yeah, yeah, but it was you know sometimes you look managers look at defenders and say, well, you know, when your defensive work is done, what can you give me going forward? Um, and what Column is probably doing with the forwards is saying, well, you know, when your offensive work is done, what can you give me defensively? And you know, that's it's nice to see six traditional forwards in the forward line is is basically what I'm getting at. Patrick Cook said strong starting fifteen with depth. On the bench, exciting days ahead. Yeah, that's what we kind of were referencing a couple of minutes ago, saying that, you know, you want an impact from your bench. You don't want them to be squad players. And that's what we think we have at the moment is is, is plenty of depth on the bench um, and plenty of cover, um, equally as good as the players that are on the, on the start in 15, which is, yeah, it's exciting. This is how Parky Cueve can spoil a man. Uh, PS Tapes said seven euro a pint in the ground, thieving cork whores. Uh, to which I got a reply um, and saying you'd be waiting a while to get a pint of any description in Park Talton. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Um, seven euro a pint. Do you know what? I like. I wouldn't care if it was seven euro point in every away day if uh, if it meant that me got the win on every away day. I think the supporters wouldn't mind paying seven euro no, for a point no. on away days if, if it meant that we were going to get the victory every time. Robert Perfield said we're on the march with Rorke's army. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, that's gonna be, you know, plastered on a flag for 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 Crow Park if me can get there this year. Brendan Byrne wants to know, is there any sh- any bird shite in the media area? <laughs> <laughs> you were I, there, tell us. Yeah, no, I said back, it's, it was literally all prawn cocktails, or sorry, all prawn sandwiches and uh, uh, good Wi-Fi and just top hospitality. I actually can't tell you how nice, the, not just the press areas, but the, the actual stadium as a whole, like even a, the, around it, like the ground yeah. around it, like people going for walks down the banks of the Lee, and it's just a just an absolutely top-notch ground like oh yeah i was, I, I was I, extremely jealous i was down at a gig there um <clears throat> last last september i think or, i can't remember it was before christmas anyway maybe maybe the end of the summer or something and uh it, it was crowded house and they were playing just beside port and Queeve in the um in, in in a tent and whatever but porky Queeve, as you said like it's just class and you know, if Park Tolchin does get redeveloped, something similar to Porky Queen, wouldn't it be absolutely beautiful? I was saying earlier that like Wexford Park could be, which Wexford Park would be absolutely perfect for me. But Parky Queen to me, like I, I, I'd prefer to Crow Park now. To be honest with you, okay. I just think it's it's in a different league altogether. Anyway, uh, we we digress. Uh, Thomas McLeod said, huge win. Forwards were class in the second half. Parky Cueve is unreal. Referencing what you said, Parky Cueve, just an incredible stadium and a state-of-the-art stadium, but also talking about the forwards. Um, yeah, you know, um, defensively, we, we, we need to shore up a little bit. There's no doubt about it. There's things to be done. But in a forward capacity and, and, and in... You know the, the 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 offensive side of things, they look really really good, Davey. 
Yeah. John Kelly is back. It's been a while, hasn't it? Remember John <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> you love this. You, you'll actually love this. Uh, bear with me because I have to try and read them all out, you know, in, in some sort of uh, sequence. He said, two Mead men today took down the mighty Reds. Enfield's Shane Walsh took down the mighty Red of Cork. Betty's Town, Evan Ferguson took down the mighty Reds of Liverpool. Evan Ferguson is the best forward to come out of Betty's Town since Bernard Flynn. And uh, today's the biggest score by Mead in a league game in five years since the game against Down in 2018, where we scored 4-14. Colm O'Rourke and Sean Boylan are born winners. Uh, love John Kelly. Love his tweets or, or his um, his Instagrams. He just always comes out with brilliant stats, and that is class. You know the highest score since uh, since then. That's oh, look, and, and then he and he hits the nail on the head. You know, if Carlsberg did Sundays, Mead winning and 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 Liverpool losing. You know, um, and and Colin O'Rourke being over me for his first alliance football, absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, that's a good omen. Um, when you hear that, that's the how long is it? How how many years did he say? 20, 2018, five years. Twenty eighteen, five years is the highest score that we put up in a league game. Brilliant stuff. Final one comes from Jack Walsh. He said, "Arsenal bottlers Friday night." I tell you what, right? The only way Arsenal won a bottle of Friday night is if they actually got a result in that FA Cup game, to be honest with you. So uh, it, it was a good good night's work from Arsenal Friday night. The Arsenal oh. reserves, I should say, they carried it out pretty well, even though Man City's first team nearly uh, ended up forcing a replay at the Emirates next week. So great result. Are you done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go that on, was the, That was the most Kevin Keegan response I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you really? what, I'll tell you what, Walgie. I'll tell you what, Walgie. <laughs> oh, Lord, incredible. It was, stuff, oh, so. genuinely, it was one of those games that I, I had literally no interest in at all. Um, and I don't think Arteta did either, to be honest with you. But we, well, we have them next week in the league. That's that's going to be a different story now. That's you're, put, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, though, Davey. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's, why, that's why, the... why wouldn't I? No, I'm saying Arsenal in general are putting yeah, well, that's what I mean. basket, yeah. which is which is which is a dangerous game to play. Um, you know, a couple of lot like if they were losing man to, to Man City and but Mickey, when you games, haven't won a league for 20 years and you've won in that time probably three or four FA Cups, there's a there's a preference there and there's a bit of a priority that takes shape, and we don't have the biggest of squads and everything. Like we can't compete on multiple fronts like Manchester City or, or even I was going to Aye, say Liverpool, but they can't obviously compete in any front at the minute. So, he's oh. <laughs> <laughs> about to buy in quite a few players in this transfer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Window, yeah. And he's spent enough money well, there yeah. at this stage. See his half. So he's trying to strengthen up. But um, anyways, look, I couldn't give a shit about Arsenal, Manchester United, or Liverpool today because it's all about Mead. Mead ladies got the victory uh, over Donegal. The Mead men got the victory over Cork. Um, okay, we we don't mind me losing to Kildare too much in the Kill Cup because their Hurling League Division 2B starts next week uh, in earnest. But um, just a fabulous, fabulous win away from home for, for Colin O'Rourke and uh, the Mead team. And, uh, you know, it's echoed across the whole of our Instagram interactive there. You know, it's been a long time, Davy, since we've sat down to do an Instagram interactive and all of the Instagram interactive has been positive. 
Yeah, there's been weeks here where none of it was positive. Like, and weeks where we couldn't say some of the things that come out. On, yeah, on, on, no, it, it, absolutely. And listen, I think as you say, that's reflective of the mood um, in the county as a whole. You know, and let's yeah. just keep keep uh, hope it continues. Sorry. Yeah, and let's hope for a massive, massive crowd in Park Tolchin all weekend. Next weekend, the bank holiday from Saturday right through until Sunday. On Saturday, it's the Mead Hurlers taking on Wicklow in Division 2B of the Hurling League, their opener. Then on Sunday, it's going to be the Mead Footballers who will be taking on Clare um, in Park Tolson. And then, as we said, on Monday, it's going to be Mead Ladies taking on Galway um, uh, at one fifteen on Bank Holiday Monday. So a massive weekend ahead for all of the Mead teams. Um, the Camogues aren't out for a few weeks, a few weeks, so hopefully the momentum will have built up by the other three teams by then and it will lift the Camogues when they get their uh, league off to a start in a couple of weeks' time. But we will be bringing you the fixtures in as, as we find them for that when they are put out. But um, again send you over we want you to head on over to our patreon forward slash we are mead our loyal royals podcast this week we will have the review the full in-depth review of mead versus cork and um, interviews from matthew Costello and colin o'rourke and also we will be doing our previews of the club cup competitions that start next thursday evening and get the 2023 uh, club season off to a start and uh, we're looking forward to that one as well so look that's it for this we episode of your We Are Me podcast. Remember, We Are Me. Why? And there's more.